With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Celtic State of Mind, it's Friday night, I'm Paul John Dykes and tonight I'm joined by Natasha Miko and Colin Watt. Now, I look forward to this, I was absent last week because I was at the Barras, I was filming in the Barraland Ballroom in Glasgow, the most iconic music venue in Scotland, would you say guys, I would say? Absolutely. Without a doubt. That bouncing floor, there's nothing compares to it. Nothing compares to it. Well, I'll tell you what Colin, right? It was bizarre being in there before the crowds um, got in, before the doors opened, right? Because we were in filming uh, three nights over the last week, uh, a project that will be available on the YouTube channel eventually. So we were able to see uh, the Twilight Sad, their support band Cloth, and then on Monday and Tuesday it was Groove Armada. Never seen Groove Armada before. They were unbelievable, as were Twilight Sad. But that's where it was last Friday. So Natasha, you ran the show. Was there a quiz? There was a quiz of sorts. Um, no, there there was a quiz, um, a sort of condensed version, but um, I had Juddy and Liam go head-to-head in the quiz. A very low-scoring quiz, I have to say, given the difficulty of some of the questions by um, question master Colin Watt, <laughs> the which um, I know is not that. too happy about. <laughs> the abuse I got after that. Well, Ridiculous. the thing is, uh, well, here he is. Give us more abuse, Juddy. Give Colin more abuse anyway. Um, I'm on the questions tonight. But before we get to that, because this is, of course, Who Knows Wins. Uh, it's an app that Axom are part of. You can download it from the link underneath the video. We'll look at the fixtures and there will be Celtic-related chat around each of the fixtures. But before we get into that, Dermot Desmond gave an exclusive interview to Celtic TV. And he doesn't speak very much. So when he does, normally you, you take notice. Um, I've poured over this interview 
first thing I'm going to ask you guys is the timing of it. Mm. Did you think it was a bit unusual in relation to where we are right now? I mean, did you think that was a bit strange, Natasha? Yeah, I mean, it was such an odd time to reopen the debates of last season. Um, You know, for me, it's not that it's irrelevant now, but we're not at a stage where we want to be focusing on that. Like, we've got a title to go out there and win. We've got a season to finish. Let's focus on that. And this Mm. interview and the, the answers and whatever he tried to give us, they would have been a lot more meaningful had they come a year ago. You know, yeah. the issues he addressed, the questions that were put to him. If he just answered those questions when we were asking them last year, you know, the responses would have been appreciated and, you know, genuinely more meaningful. Now they're pretty irrelevant. Okay, yes, some of the things he was saying, it was interesting to get an insight to. Um, the, the Fraser Forst and Craig Gordon saga, the, the who signs the players, you know, some of it, yes, interesting to hear. But it would have been far more meaningful a year ago. So the timing for me just isn't great, really. That was the first thing. You know, last season, virtually every uh, show that we put out was talking about engagement with the fans, Mm -hmm. the relationship breaking down. And yeah, we were absolutely crying out for some form of communication. I'm not complaining. Absolutely, I'm not complaining. Kevin Graham was in the studio earlier on and I says I hadn't watched it um, and he reminded me that uh, that's because he uses my Celtic TV login. Thanks, <laughs> Kev. So I did then go in and watch it um, so that I could fully understand maybe the reasoning behind it. Now, the thing is, Colin, I'm not going to give Jerry McCulloch a hard try- time here because you imagine being uh, an employee of Celtic in the media team and you're interviewing Dermot Desmond now. It's not going to be a free-for-all. You can't turn around and say, you should have asked this, you should have asked that, because that's not the way it's going to be set up. So you've got to go into the interview with that in mind. The club has a message to deliver, and the questions, and of course the answers, are formulated around that message. But it was certainly the timing, Colin, first and foremost, that I found a wee bit weird, because as Natasha says, we really don't want anything at all to hark back to last season or rock the boat at this moment in time. Everything is rosy, everything is harmonious. But it is good to get some communication. Will it happen more often? Nah, no, it won't. It'll come out whenever it needs to come out. And I don't know if any of you guys noticed when the interview was actually recorded. The interview was recorded on the 29th of March. Yeah, it was before the Rangers game, wasn't it? So it was about 10 days ago when that was actually recorded. So Eagle-eyed Colin, how did you <laughs> figure that out? Does it say it somewhere on it the video? It never the it. Right. Yeah, yeah, it says that he was interviewed on the 29th. I mean, obviously, anybody who's been keeping an eye on the Masters has saw that Dermot's currently over there uh, kicking about with his pal Tiger Woods, so it's been very difficult for him to be in two places at the one time. Um, but when you look at it, for me, there's a reason the videos came out, and it's, it's purely and simply because it's season ticket renewal time. Mm. It's time for the books to be renewed. I don't think any, many people would need a lot of encouragement to get um, the cash out and actually renew their season tickets after uh, the yeah, fantastic the year that we've had this year. Um, and it's probably just a very convenient time for Celtic to come out with this probably what they have seen as the January review all these months later, like well over 12 months later. I've got to say, the <laughs> when you look at it, the content of the interview itself is actually very good. It's probably the most we've heard from Dermot Desmond in a long, long time. And some of the insights that he gives is fantastic. Um, but as you said, the timing of it, I wonder if we had lost that game 
on Sunday whether we'd have got that interview, whether that maybe came out the next morning. I don't really know, but eventually it was going to have to come out. As you say, the timing is very interesting. They've had 10 days to sit over and pick the right day to put it out. I guess they've chosen the Friday because they know that we'll be talking about it at 6 o'clock on Axon. <laughs> it's, it's just perfect timing. Obviously. No, that that's the thing. I don't want to turn it into a negative. I mean, I don't think there no. are many negative um, things to discuss around Celtic at this moment. I was picked up yesterday on social media about that where someone said, you know, surely the the issues you were talking about last season in relation to the boardroom still exist. And, you know, JP and I spoke about it and we said, well, there will be a lot of issues, but in terms of being a football fan and success, you want to focus on the positives. And at various times this season, we have spoken about things that were concerning us, you know, um, the obvious ones, obviously, but, you know, tickets for Ibrox, we spoke about that. This old firm... Um, alliance over in Sydney, we spoke about that, you know, and it was in disparaging terms in relation to the Celtic board. We also spoke about the proposed appointment of Higgins. So all the big topics, I think, have been discussed. Um, I want to run through some of the points. We will be doing our uh, Who Knows Wins quiz, and then, of course, we'll be talking about tomorrow's game. Um, and I believe that the pair of yous will be at the match. Uh, now, with regards to uh, Dermot Desmond, uh, you know, he opens up by saying no one has ever approached him, not even Conor McGregor. <laughs> no one has ever approached him about buying his shares. And even if they did, he wouldn't sell, regardless of the offer. And it's pretty clear that when it does come um, time for, for Dermot to to um, relieve the, the power at Celtic, it will go to his son and his his kids. What did you make of that, Natasha? Because, I mean, we've, we've been Celtic fans under a, a family dynasty before and it didn't end too well. I mean, have you any concerns about that? A little, to be honest, um, because I was going to say exactly what you did. It then starts to become a bit of a dynasty, doesn't it? And I'm not sure that is the best way to manage the football club um, and the role that he's in. I'm not sure I like that idea. Um, I think that we had um, a buyer, a consortium who were planning on coming in who wanted to you know had the club's best interests at heart had an amazing vision wanted to see where they could take us I don't like the idea of it's a completely closed shop um, and that the only person getting Desmond's shares is someone in his family I don't like that idea I think that leaves us a little bit narrow in terms of what we could do and where we could go as a club Um, I know there's certainly been talk of interested parties and interested groups before um, in, in taking the shares and then having a whole new vision for the football club and it feels wrong to shut that possibility out because Desmond will only give his shares to his son um, are, is Desmond the, the, the best person in the position at the moment? I know that a lot of people have issues with him um, particularly how out of touch he appears to be with, with the Celtic fans and the, the, the normal fan if, if there is such a thing which I'm not sure there is but I just don't want someone who's completely detached to this football club and what matters to the club to to create a close shop around owning those shares. So for me, there there's a I don't like that part of the interview. I mean, there's a lot of interest in the interview, but I'm not sure how I felt about that part. Yeah, again, I've got to hark back to the, the Fergus McCann days where... As you know, family dynasty running a club for its entire its entire history. We've got on to continuous history as well because Dermot Desmond spoke about that. And um, what it showed you back then, Colin, was that people with fresh ideas, different approaches, 
can improve things. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to sit here and say that, you know, Dermot Desmond hasn't done a good job, hasn't made good appointments, because that simply wouldn't be the case. There's things that we're always going to be unhappy with. But a bit like Natasha, I'm looking at it thinking there might be better options down the, down the road. You don't know, you know, and then it becomes a dynasty because if Ross Desmond, who was named by uh, Dermot, was to take over, then it could be another 20, 30 years, you know, because and before you know it, someone or a family have been in charge of a football club for the best part of half a century. And I think that's avoidable. I think that's in the modern game, that should be avoided, Colin. What, what's your thoughts on that? I think when you look at it, you've got to note the key differences between when the Kellys were in charge and when we see Demet Desmond's in charge just now. Because Demet Desmond's looked at as the majority shareholder, whereas it was sort of basically known that the Kellys ran Celtic Football Club back in the day. Um, when we look at it, I think when you look at the succession planning, which is something we kind of spoke about this time last year, that that's the first time that the rumours came out that Ross Desmond was potentially going to be taking a place on the board. We thought he was going to come in as the, the CEO last year. And then, obviously, what has happened has since happened. But listening to what Dermot had to say, it's almost as if it's like, it's a trust thing with Celtic Football Club. He mentions this coup back in 2000, about when it was him, Brian Quinn, um, and was it Tom Allison was the other one, mm-hmm. um, who basically took part in this boardroom coup to change the way that Celtic were headed. Now, that's only a number of years after Fergus McCann had left the club. And I'm, I'm not talking about half a dozen. It's a lot less than that after Fergus had left. We're talking, what, three, four years, maybe? When when McCann left? Yeah. He left in 99, because so he, left, no, so, he left just before Dalglish took the, the role with John Barnes. So less than a year later, mm-hmm. then you're talking about a boardroom coup, which is incredible to think. And then you look at how they say, well, we've now had a list of five managers every time. That goes against everything that he told us, what, three years ago, about how they had all these names in the, the files and they just went into yeah. the shower and gave Neil Lennon the job. So there's there's a bit of kind of playing with the history here and yeah. what um, Desmond mm-hmm. is saying. But You're saying there's a wee bit of revisionism? Yeah, That's definitely. That's from you, sir, Colin. Yeah. yeah. But when you, I think if you give the, the mantra to Ross, he has to be given the opportunity to put his own stamp on it. Just because he's his father's son doesn't mean he's going to run the, the, the company or the club in the exact same way that his, his father would have done. So he's got a history of working in the financial markets before. I know him, his brothers and that, they were all, was it the Five Guys franchise over in Ireland that they had control of as well? So they have been in... Um, business for a long time. It'd be interesting to see if Ross was to take over as the majority shareholder, who would he bring in as his sort of close circle of friends? Mm. Because Dermot speaks about how it was him, Brian Quinn, Peter Lowell, who he talks extensively about and how much he trusts him. And then he speaks about guys like Chris Mackay and Michael Nicholson, who have now come in, who were approved by Peter Lowell as well. So you're sick and going, if Ross is to come in, you'd think he would have his own team to come in alongside him as well. So despite it being part of the family, a, a different approach is possible, I think. Yeah. I'm taking from what you're saying, Colin. <laughs> yeah, that was interesting, um, the coup. 
That definitely was interesting. I'm keen to get everybody else's thoughts on this. So let's bring in a few points. Gary McLeod is in on the chat on YouTube. Evening all, what a fantastic week, month and year to be a Celt. Keep up the great work, Axon. Been with you for the last two years and love the content. Thank you, Gary. Um, I appreciate that there's a lot of um, different platforms to communicate with Axom on and watch the channel on. Uh, we will get around to answering anybody's messages that have come through. We're not ignoring them. It's just been a little bit busy over the last week or so. And um, another wee request here regarding the times. Yeah, I get that. Absolutely. We do try to advertise on social media when we're going to be available. But just for your info, 12.30 every weekday, half an hour before every game. And six o'clock on a Friday night because there has, uh, over the last month, I think, been an ongoing feud between Colin Watt and Natasha Miko. We need to continue that. And tonight I'm going to be the quiz master. So uh, I look forward to that. There's a slightly different approach. Natasha, you spoke about this uh, basically having two decent goalkeepers and then having none situation. And there'd been a bit, bit of talk about that. Um, and, you know, it looks as though, you know, the rug was kind of pulled from under our feet, absolutely. The the biggest issue there is we went out and bought the wrong goalie, and then yeah. last season we had a big issue, but it was refreshing to hear him opening up about that, admitting that mistakes had been made with players going on trips. I think he's talking about Dubai. Um, but what I did find pretty bizarre, was it surprising? I'm not sure. Don McKay's obviously been airbrushed out of the... Celtic history books because I mean that was a faux pas that was a mistake that was something that you know 72 days in such a high ranking position at Celtic Football Club surely is deserving of a discussion or an explanation and we didn't get that at all did we? Very strange Um, a really obvious omission to the whole thing Um, and I think silence speaks volumes Um, and you just have to look at the inconsistency there because when Ange was appointed we were told that he was a Mackay appointment. Mm-hmm. We were told that this is someone that Mackay knew, that he was his man. I was in the room when Mackay and Postacoglu did the first initial fan media press conference and I was there as I heard Mackay say, he is my man. He was the one who found him, he's the one who wanted him. And that's the line we were fed and we all liked it because we all said, great, the new, you know, the new team have picked the manager, we've moved on from the past, this is what we want. Now we're being told in this interview that Postacoglu was in fact someone Lawwell knew and it was a Lawwell appointment. So, you know what, in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't particularly matter mm. who found Ange, who chose Ange, who put him where he is today. But what does matter is that they've given us in this interview an obvious example of them, the club, the board, spinning a line or a lie to the fans because you know one of those statements isn't true. Yep. So they, they told us and they wanted us to buy that he was he was a Mackay appointment. Were they feeding us false information if he was in fact a Lowell appointment? So all we ask and all we have asked constantly is for honesty and transparency. And I think th- they slightly shot themselves in the foot there because they've given us a very clear example of when they weren't honest with us. Mm. Um, is it maybe an attempt to airbrush Mackay from recent history perhaps but it doesn't look good to admit we've given you two statements they're completely contradictory so one of them isn't true yeah it reminds me paul do you remember when we did the gigs with um danny mcgreen mm, and we asked danny we asked danny about the question the, oh, the, the, brendan the whole, whole brendan rogers thing yeah and the amount of different answers we used to get on that one i feel as if this is one of these things it's just like 
if people keep going on about it often enough, it'll feel as if it's a Mandela moment and we'll all forget about it and eventually Celtic will come out with the sort of men in black stick and pretend that you've you've never seen this before sort of thing. It's been airbrushed, it's definitely been airbrushed. You don't kind of not even mention that period. The only mm. thing that was mentioned about that period and the person also wasn't mentioned was the negotiations with Eddie Howe. And he had a lot of good words to say about Eddie Howe as well. He did, Which was he? an interesting approach. Yeah, I think it's a tale of three CEOs. Um, he gave Peter Lowell a massive, massive credit, massive kudos. He pointed out that the work he had done, etc. And obviously the work that he had apparently done in bringing Ange Porzacoglu to the table. Uh, he was one of the names on the, the list of five that Peter had uh, put on there. And then you've got Dominic Mackay who claims in that uh, room that you were in, Natasha, that he was instrumental in bringing uh, Ange Porzacoglu to the club. But I think, arguably, more important than that, is the relationship of the current CEO with Ange Postacoglu. And that that relationship um, allowing Ange to uh, go through recruitment in January uh, flawlessly. Uh, he complained kind of earlier in the season that deals weren't being done quickly enough for him. There was no complaints in January, was there? It looks as though there's a, a meeting of minds or there's a, a working relationship there with the current CEO. Um, and we can bang on about, you know, Peter Lowell or or uh, Dominic Mackay, who was responsible. But at the moment, at this moment in time, I'm kind of thinking as long as Michael Nicholson and Ange are good, then we'll be we'll be fine. And by the way, it's not the first time there's been contradictory statements because remember there were a few around the Dubai trip as well, wasn't there, mm-hmm. um, coming out the club. So if there's going to be a, a kind of negative, then I would certainly say that. I found the recruitment thing a bit strange as well, though, I've got to say, right? So the manager always has the final say in the recruitment. Do you think Brennan Rodgers would agree with that, Natasha? Schwed, compare? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that. I'm sure that um, the managers have a say, but there's certainly a few good examples in recent history of players that are clearly, clearly not the manager's player. Schwed being one you just said. Um, and let's look more recently. Was was Liam Scales and Ange signing? Was he someone that he'd had his eye on for a while and wanted to bring over? Yeah, I'm not sure about that, but um, I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and I think that you know Celtic will have a database of players that they're looking at, a massive scouting network and they probably put them to Ange and they probably put Liam Scales' file in front of him and he said yes, but I don't think it's particularly an Ange signing, although maybe in fairness he had the last word, although I'm not sure that's happened in all too recent history and I'm sure Rogers and Lennon would probably be interested in that statement. Yeah, you know, because I've... remember the list, Colin, sorry to mm-hmm. uh, but in there, remember the list that we read out of the players that Neil Lennon wanted yeah. to go to go for ten in a row and it didn't include Barkas and Ajay. No. It was um it was well known names mm-hmm. for the, the either the as Celtic fans are in the Scottish game. Um but it was older names as well. Yeah, Chaz Mulder was on it. Yeah, guy, guys over the age of thirty. So he was looking to add experience to that team, which you, you can kind of see when you look at some of the guys that Andrews brought in this summer. It has and it has been experienced players, guys like Kyogo. As much as they're saying he's got a bright future ahead of him, he's still like 26, 27. That's still quite an experience to bring over here. Yeah. Um, so you can see where Lennon was headed. You saw the, the players that he was looking to replace at the time, but. I just don't think it was ever going to work. It was always sort of short-termism in that instance, looking at guys like Mugru. Oh, definitely. I was going to mention, just when we were speaking about Liam Scales there, another player that I thought maybe wasn't a 
an Ange Poster called Blue signing was the signing of Johnny Kenny in the summer uh, in the what the January transfer window there. Mm. And then when we were speaking with Angela on the press conference, I asked him about Caramel Kudumbelli and what his future held. And he just kept mentioning Johnny Kenny. Johnny Kenny's training with the first team too and he's with, with, with Karamoko. We're trying to get him minutes in the B team as well. So you're thinking maybe it's someone that's maybe caught his eye and somebody we could see a bit of in the future going forward that mm. wouldn't be someone that you necessarily think is an Ange Postacoglu signing. No, it's an interesting one. And again, I think that um, there's probably a few others that we've, we've speculated about. I, I think even Joe Hart's name has been mentioned previously, but the Joe Hart interview the other week there kind of put paid to that because Anne certainly had the final say in that one. Derek Fowler is watching in Spain. Welcome to the show. You're watching on Facebook. Hopefully the weather is good over there, Derek. And uh, Gary Melrose finally made it on a Friday night. Me as well. I missed last week, Gary, um, at the Barras. Now, you and Boy Martin, who joined us for the, the game against Rangers, Desmond only likes to talk about Celtic when things are going good. Well, this is the thing. I think when um, we really need somebody to come out and appease the concerns of Celtic fans, that's when we're shouting for this type of interview. So we'll see if that happens at any point. Let's just hope we're not in the situation where we need that. What To close off this section of the show then, I'll start with yourself, Natasha. What should have you be, he have been asked that uh, Jerry failed to ask? And I'm not saying failed because he's a very he's very good at his job, but he's in a position where there's certain things he can and can't ask. What would you have liked to have uh, asked Dermot Desmond? <sighs> to be honest, at this stage of the season, nothing. I don't want to hear from him right now. I want him to be silent and I want us to focus on the football and I want to hear from Ange and I want to hear from the players and the people who are going to make a difference at, at, end, at this end of the season. Um, to be honest... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. The Herbert Desmond has very little relevance right now at this stage. Um, there's a million things I would have asked him 11 months ago. I would have had two pages worth of questions. Now I'm kind of happy to put those pages to the side and look at, at what we're doing now and talk about Ange and like Colin today, interviewing them and things like that. That's what I want to focus on. But if I had to ask Dermot a question now, I think 
for me, and I don't want to, to go with a negative question, but there is still an element and there is still a concern that we seem to be regressing in a lot of departments. Um, and that's happened over the last five to ten years relatively rapidly from where we've gone from being a club competing in the Champions League group stages in the last 16 to now we're getting quite easily swept aside in the Europa Conference League. And I'd quite like to know from him, at, in the position that he's at at the club, how he thinks the club get back I don't think we can ever get back to some of the heights of European football that we have. Um, well, I, sh- I say never, and I hope that we do. But what we're doing to address the fact that this massive chasm just seems to be getting wider and wider um, with us in this sort of elite of European football. So for me, my question is probably of, of centred around that. Well, be yourself, Colin. I mean, I, I get that because the timing, that was what we opened up with tonight. It was a strange time to come out and chat. Um, but if there were, I mean, I guess... I would be wanting to know what are Celtic's European aspirations. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've heard Dan's talking about ambitions. We've never really heard the club talking about it. I mean, we heard uh, Ian Bankier going on about how hard it is for a club like Celtic to compete in Europe. That's not really what we want to hear. We know how difficult it is. What are you going to do about it? Um, that, that I guess, would be my, my big question if I was to ask Demet Desmond. What about yourself, Colin? I'd have probably asked him for his tip for the Masters this weekend. Um, <laughs> he's probably the man that's in the know. Um, no, but seriously, I think uh, my question would probably have revolved around um, getting more of a fan input within the club. What can you do to build the relationship with the fans after last season? Mm-hmm. What are the club looking at in terms of um, whether it be investment in the, the club from the fans, maybe getting a, a representative alongside uh, John Paul and yeah. uh, for, for things like that, to keep the, the fans on side, to reward the fans for their loyalty, considering the tough period that Celtic's been through. What can Celtic do to sort of bridge that gap? Because although everyone's kind of happy now, I still think there is a bit of a gap between the reality and what the fans think of the board just now. And having maybe a representative on there could could change the way that people think. Very interesting indeed. Yeah, absolutely. Gav Tick hasn't made a live show in ages. Evening, my fellow Celtic supporters, welcome to the show, Gav. If anybody's watching on YouTube, make sure you subscribe on the channel. Working on loads of big content that's going to be uploaded free of charge, of course. Um, Axel Minavodi, well, there you go. Um, I don't know if that's what's in your glass as well, Natasha, but I hope it is. No. It's a Friday night after all. Absolutely um, no, we're still on the, we're just on the lemonade tonight. Oh, For now, it's still a Friday. For now, I'm on the uh, the bruise. Um, and that is a Peaky Blinders mug. So no spoilers, please, because I'm working my way through it. I'm only on episode two. Marky boy, this 6pm slot on a Friday is too early, guys, to get settled down with gins in a tin and not long finish work. Apologies for that. It's all about uh, timing in here. And obviously, last week I couldn't be here. Thankfully, Natasha stepped in. Now, we do have a Who Knows Wins quiz on a Friday night. Um, Colin, how many times have you won this? Uh... Two, three, two, two. Have you won one yet? Colin beat you beat me. You beat me well, right? Uh, Natasha, have you won any? Well, the the depends what answer you're looking for. I technically think I won the first one, but if we're looking at actual numbers counted by Axom, I think the number is zero. But personally, I think I've won one. Don't worry. If you win tonight, you could say it's your (laughs) fifty-fifth. <laughs> nice one. Just as I block someone who might support that club, right? I'm going to run through the fixtures, uh, and I've got one question, right? So the first fixtures coming to you, Colin. 
then Natasha and so forth. If you can't answer it, I'll throw it over to the opposing player. That's the rules. It's as simple as that. Download the app, get involved in the Who Knows Wins uh, group. It's a community where you throw in a fiver and you can win 10 grand. These are the fixtures you'll be betting on uh, or predicting rather. Arsenal versus Brighton. This is for you, Colin. What? No looking at the comments, please. Especially if Liam Collo is in the comments. He seems uh, to know the answers. After, after his performances last week, he's went quiet. So, <laughs> All right. I need to watch that back. Right, Kieran Tierney made his uh, Celtic debut against Dundee, obviously now at Arsenal. And he made that debut on the 22nd of April 2015. Uh, Celtic won 2-1 on that particular occasion. And in the Dundee side, Colin, was a former Celt and a future Celt. 2015, name the two players. Jack Henry. And Darnadee. Sorry, mate, that, that was wrong on both counts. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to throw it over to you, Natasha. Kieran Tierney's debut, 2015, which uh, would have been just about exactly seven years ago. Is that all? That seems so bizarre. Uh, we beat Dundee 2-1. There was a former Celt and a future Celt on the Dundee side. They started the game. Who were they? I don't know. One of them. All oh, right. No, maybe that was... Uh, okay. No, I'll let, you, I'll let you guess. I'll let you guess. Um, who have we got from Dundee? Scott Bain? Correct. So he was a future Celt. There was also a former Celt. Dundee. All I'm thinking of is, is Colin's guess, and I can't see past it. Um, mm. It'll be obvious when I tell you. I think I've got it. Too late. I know. Too late. <laughs> um, maybe, maybe I just take the the point for Ben. Okay. Yeah, that's fair enough. Colin, what were you thinking? Although you won't get a point for it, mate. Paul McGowan. No, Simon Ferry. Really? Simon Ferry was in a Dundee team that day um, Now, let's get a prediction Colin, Arsenal or Brighton or a draw? Draw Draw, says Colin And what about yourself, Natasha? An Arsenal win They, Arsenal need, to, win. they need to bounce yeah, back from that I think Gina. so, so Natasha's 1-0 up and it's your question Southampton against Chelsea Islam Farouz who was mm-hmm. a teammate of uh, Kieran Tierney in the, in the early days made an appearance aged 14 for the Tommy Burns Select against Celtic on the 31st of May 2009. 14 Oof. years of age. I was at this wow. game. Um, but who did he replace in the 61st minute? Which ex Celt did he replace to make his I'm... one and only appearance for Celtic? That's impossible. <laughs> I remember it. 2009. That could literally be anyone. Um I it was, it was a Celtic that. select, so... The Celtic select? Yeah. I have no idea. Hmm. Um, you might have spoken about him fairly recently. Uh, um, if I've spoken about him recently, that might have been tonight. And who have I spoken about tonight? It is, thank you, Juddy. That's a tough question, because it literally could be anyone. Who have I spoken about tonight? I don't. I can't even guess. I'm gonna to to pass it to Colin. I don't think you'll get it either. I don't think anyone will get that. Colin, 
you need to give it throw in a guess now where did where did Farouz play on the park right I'm going to say I'll replace them I'll take a guess I'll take a guess went on the wing um, who had been playing around that McGeady it wasn't actually McGeady no he did replace a midfielder that's your clue Remember, this is a Celtic select side, so it wasn't a team that would have been playing in 2009 for Celtic. It was a select. Playing in midfield. Rush you, Colin. Hold on a minute. Somebody had about three minutes to work over. I've literally just been <laughs> passed over this question. Um, playing in right, midfield, <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, Neil Lennon. Close. It was Paul Lambert. Wow. It was Paul Lambert. Okay, Southampton versus Chelsea. Give me your prediction, Natasha. Uh, Chelsea. Chelsea. And yourself, Colin? Draw. That's a draw. Is that two draws in a row? Yeah. On the fence. Okay, so we're currently sitting at 1-0 to Natasha. Colin, can you equalise Watford versus Leeds? I have mentioned this on the show a few times. Leo Held signed for Leeds from Celtic this pre-season or last pre-season. Who did his dad, John Olaf Held, play for in the 1990s which English club did he play for in the 1990s no idea Leeds well done strange love the doctor it wasn't Leeds Colin throw it over to Natasha these these are better questions eh, than the last Mm. time sorry Jonathan Everton it wasn't it was Nottingham Forest Nottingham Forest, so that's a big hee-haw. Watford versus Leeds. When was this? When was this? It was 1997 until 2005. And Colin, when were you born? 93. See, you've got plenty of time. His dad was getting interviewed when he was signing for Leeds and all that. I just thought it was out there. Anyway, uh, Watford v Leeds. Give me your prediction, Natasha. Um, well, that's a tough one. I'm going to go for a draw, actually. I think a I draw. draw. What about yourself, Colin? Oh, I'll get off the fence. 2-1 um, leads. 2-1 leads, all right. Uh, next up, Aston Villa against Spurs. This is a decent question. I don't want any complaints here about the questions, right? This one's for you, Natasha. Name me four excels. Half a point for each. That Martin I thought we were just going to stop the question there. Perfect, let's go. <laughs> that Martin O'Neill signed for Aston Villa. Four ex-Celts. Hmm. Stevie no- Kenny knew that it was Nottingham Forest. There we're off to a great start here. I'm not appreciating the abuse I'm taking in the chat right now. I think it's merited. Um, wow. Well, Got one that I think's right. Okay. Who's that? Petrov. Petrov, yes. Big money signing. Okay, but now we're in, now we're at an issue because I don't really have many more than one. Um who else went? Well done. To everybody that got Petrov. Okay. Yeah, that was that one wasn't hard. <laughs> um I don't um Does something go with them? Sutton did sign for Aston Villa, yeah. Good shout. That's you've got two right out of four. I feel like I want to say Sean Maloney went down south before coming back up, but I don't know if that's to Aston Villa. He did. So that's three out of four. 
to be fair, the last one is a wee bit trickier. A wee bit trickier. I don't have any more, um, but I'm going to throw a guess in. I've played in the same park as him. Mm-hmm. Is that the answer on the screen, no? No. <laughs> oh, thank God, no, it's not. Um, you played in the same park as him? I did, I. I don't know. I'll throw it over to Colin, but I think I've still won that point. Did they, I got? I got. So you get half a point, Colin, and Natasha gets one and a half. Right, I did hear a got. I did play. I played a game and he was very slow, which was uh, really surprising. Yeah, he lost all his pace. Poor guy. Must have been slow of our overtook him. <laughs> Aston Villa versus Spurs, Colin. 3 0 Spurs. Mm, confident. What about yourself, Natasha? Yeah, good Spurs victory. Nah, it's a shame for we Stevie G. Shame. Right, Borough versus Hull. This is yours, Colin. This man's name keeps coming up on the quizzes. It's Andy Payton. <laughs> now, he played for not only Celtic, but for Middlesbrough and Hull City. Played for all three clubs. But when we signed him, it was a swap deal. Which Celtic player went to Middlesbrough? Straight swap for Andy Payton. Not a striker. See, I this. What's he looking I, I, at? I generally look this up. I, I looked up advice on questions and I've wrote two players down, so I've clearly got this wrong. Advice on questions? What are you talking about? I, I looked advice. up like, actual transfers that happened between these teams. Try to predict the questions. I've got two players written down here. Okay. I'm going to go with Chris Morris. Correct. I don't know what? if it's. I, I don't no. know if you are looking at anything no. other than your other one, Wikipedia on one, your phone. No, 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 no. I've got my my wee notebook here. But the other one that I had written down was Derek White. That was a good shout because it was around about the same time. But yeah, it was Chris Morris, the man who gave us the fields of Athen Rye. And um, okay, so prediction: Middlesbrough or Hull? College. One, one each. That's a draw for you and Natasha. Mm, Hull aren't looking too good right now, are they? Um, I think they're 20th at the moment. I'm going to go for Middlesbrough. Okay, Doc. Brilliant. Right, so it's quite a tight contest here. How did everybody get on there? Bernie Slavin, I would have loved him to sign for Celtic. Oh, and that's Deacon. It was Barnsley he went to. There you go, John Boy got it. Anton Rogan, he went down to Sunderland. Played in the FA Cup final. Mowbray. Yeah, he came up here to Celtic. From well, that was what I was looking at. I was looking at the 91, eh, sorry, 92 Mowbray testimonial. Is um, game. I'm just wondering the Stevie text to... and you the answers, mate. No, no, not at all. I don't even... Okay. Look at that. Horrific cheating. How it's not I me that's know how it's it. cheating, by the way. I don't know how it's cheating. Natasha, let's see if you can uh, extend your lead. Not a Forest against Birmingham. Who guested for Celtic? Which ex Celtic player guested for Celtic when they played Not a Forest in 1987 for the Davy Proven testimonial? There was a guest player wearing the hoops returning to Celtic Park. Who was it? He had left the club 10 years earlier. And what year was it? 1987 was when he came back to guest in David Proven's testimonial. Okay, so literally before I was alive. but um... So was Lisbon, but you can name the 11. That played in Lisbon, you know what I mean? Yeah, I'll give you that. Um, Thank you, Ashley. What? <laughs> no way. <laughs> I never brought that up, by the way. That must have been Colin. 
<laughs> so he is looking at the comments. That's all I'm saying. Right. Trying to catch from my own family there. Mm. Um, uh, I don't know the answer to this question. But I'm worried that Colin does. I'm scared to pass it over. Um, the big thing is, it was 1987 when he comes back. Mm. He had left 10 years earlier. The year Elvis died. I don't see how that's that a clue. Me. That's a clue. Is it? Mm-hmm. And it's no Stephen Presley, but that it was the year <laughs> Elvis died that we lost this particular player. I don't know. I thought it's Colin. Ugh, I'm annoyed. I don't know. I, I'm generally between two. Okay. And I'm trying to work it out because I'm I'm listening to the clues that you're going with here because I don't mm. seem to be getting these clues, Paul. It's, it's um, not helping me at all. I'm trying for them not to be too subliminal, but there is a link. 77? Yeah. I might might be too early for this. Is it Kenny Douglish? Correct. Now, Elvis... When did Charlie Nicholas leave Celtic? 83. Elvis... That was the two hours between. ...was called the King. King Kenny, right? Ah, right, okay. Right, Forrest versus Birmingham, Natasha. I'm absolutely fuming about the way this quiz is going. Um, I'll get Forrest on a good run at the moment, aren't they? A few good results recently, so I'll give it to Nottingham Forest one. Yeah, I uh, think Forrest will pick up the win here as well. I'm just going to give you an update on the scores then, right? One, right. two and a half. Right, Natasha, you've got two and a half. Mm-hmm. Colin, you've got two and a half. So at the moment, it's neck and neck. Very um, tight. Very tight indeed. Preston versus Queen's Park Rangers. Colin, I know that you've kind of up to speed with your current knowledge of football south of the border. Name me two ex-Celtic players who are currently at Queen's Park Rangers. Oh. Just check the chat. Jody, yeah, grasped himself. He did. Colin grasped himself in because he must have been looking at the comments to bring up Ashley's comment. God. Where am Kyle? No, he's not a QPR. You got anybody uh, else? Davy Marshall? Correct. You got you half a point. No, you got Am a point. Am I getting another guess or is this getting past Nah, the man, you're not getting another guess. Right, okay, that's fine. You got one wrong. Oh, so, I think I know it as well, though. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy, and we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. 
As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Go for it. Only too confident I should have toned that down. Stefan Johansson. <laughs> yeah, absolutely correct. <laughs> Stefan Johansson. I liked him at Celtic. Yeah, me I, did. Did. I wouldn't have let him go. Nah. nah, I seem to go a bit prematurely. Right, Preston v QPR, Colin. Prediction. 2-1 Preston. 2-1 Preston. What about yourself, Natasha? Um, QPR have not been doing great lately. I'll go for a draw, actually. I think I'll go for a draw. And there we go. It's three and a half each, by the way. Reading versus Cardiff. This is Natasha's question. This is a This is a good one. This is a good one, right? So, Joe Ledley and Craig Bellamy. Both okay. played for Celtic and Cardiff. Okay. But who won the most caps for Wales? And there is only one cap in it. There's Aww. only one cap in it. That, well, that's impossible. Well, so it's a 50 50, so I'll give you that. But it is impossible. Um, Joe Ledley. You're going to go for Joe Ledley. I can't throw this over because that's wrong, but I can't no. throw it to you, Colin, because it's obviously. It's Bellamy. Bellamy got 78, <laughs> and Ledley got 77. There you, you go. Might. Who did you prefer out of those two players? Oh, good question. Ledley, I think. Just because of the lengthy time he was at the club, maybe? Yeah. I think he, he was a very underrated player when he was at Celtic. By the time he left, remember when he left, it seemed a bit odd timing as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I remember that. Um, yeah. I would have loved to have seen Bellamy on a permanent deal for at least a, a season, but, mm-hmm. you know, it was fleeting. Uh, Redding versus Cardiff, Natasha, who's going to win the game? Um... God, neither do very well, are they? A bit of a lower league clash. Might go for another draw, actually. Draw. Draw. Colin? I think Cardiff Cardiff have got to try and bounce back after that absolutely humiliating defeat they took at the the weekend from Swansea. So I'll back them, but as Natasha said, it's one of those boring sort of bottom of the table clashes, so... There we go. We're going to go for Cardiff. Right, two questions left. It's neck and neck. It's 3.5. Yes, Bellamy's goal at Ibrox. Absolutely brilliant. Okay, Swansea versus Derby. This is yours, Colin. Um, Here we go. This is easy. This is easy. Right. Better is. Which Spanish word did former Swansea manager Brendan Rodgers use when talking about Celtic matching his, his ambition in 2018. We all know he's fluent in Spanish, right? He's given team talks to guys who can't speak Spanish and he's done it in Spanish. You know, because that's Brendan Rodgers, right? So he used, a, he used a word in an interview in 2018 and we all started worrying that he was unhappy. I'm going to announce this is the last time I do this quiz. That's is absolute nonsense. This by is the way. easy, mate. See the abuse I got for the questions that I've put forward over the last couple of weeks, and then you get this. Mm. Jesus, Mary and Joseph, are you donkey man? Denny, uh, look at the comments, please. I don't even think the not... comments could tell you, mate. The other, yeah, don't look at the comments. I've no idea. Right, Natasha. Um. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to get it, aren't you? I don't know. I'm kind of between two. I get. I, I kind of think I know what he said, but I mm. can't really remember what the word is. I think it's either... Can I say them both? Are you giving me it anyway? No, that's not fair. Um, 
It's alright, you've been getting a lot of things during this It's, it's only three and a half, let's be honest. Nobody's getting much, to be yeah. honest, Colin. It's three and a half uh, points each. something like Terminado or Finito? Terminado. Oh. Terminado. And that's a point for Natasha, and it's four and a half plays three and a half. That, that was the moment for me. And I'm thinking, there's something not right. <laughs> he's, he's speaking Spanish in press conferences to yeah. say that things are going to be finished unless the club back yeah. him. Uh, not good. Swansea against Derby. Colin, prediction. Derby. Derby. You seem a wee bit down in the dumps, mate. You can bring it back. Derby's playing really well at the minute. I've got to try oh. and survive this points relegation. Fancy them to come up. Tell you what, what it's shown is Wayne Rooney's a far better manager than Frank Lampard. And Stephen mm-hmm. Gerrard. Um, you know, because they're his contemporaries. Eh? Right. And he's probably, out of the three, the one guy you would have... I wouldn't have backed him. Exactly. Wouldn't have backed him at all, eh? Mm-hmm. I know. I what about yourself, Natasha? Swansea yeah, no, I, or I Derby? With, um, I agree with Colin about the job that he's doing. Um, but I think Swansea will be feeling good. Um, I'm going to go for a Swansea victory. Swansea, here we go. I think if, that, if that's the case, that's them relegated this weekend, which is a real shame. This is a mm-hmm. club that's been completely financially mismanaged for years now. Absolute years. Right, final question. Is it tricky? I don't know. I think it's okay. I think it's doable, right? West Brom are playing Stoke. This is Natasha's question. Any excuse to um, bring Sparky into the equation? Mark Hughes actually managed Stoke for five... What are you laughing at? I'll start again. Mark Hughes managed Stoke for five years, right? But which three ex or future Celts Played for Manchester United in his nineteen ninety four testimonial. No, come on, it's ninety four. Man United play Celtic. Celtic win three one. Simon Donnelly scores two goals. Doing it Old Trafford. Okay. Willie Faulkner scored as well, right? I can't okay. tell you who scored for Man United because it's one of the answers. Uh, but there were three players in the Man U team who all started, who either played with Celtic prior or after that game. Um, okay, we can work this out. I am absolutely not a chance of my throwing this over to Colin, so I'm just going to take... What if I just run the clock down for the last 11 minutes? Do we call it full time? I'll do me, eh? Um, Colin, you can still draw tonight. Okay. What about Keane? Keane is one of them. Roy Keane went on to mm-hmm. sign for Celtic. Absolutely. Good. Was he a Gordon Strachan signing? Anyway... Okay, now, now, now we're struggling. Think about the time my United Celtic. I wish that was the case mm-hmm. that Cantona played with Celtic. I do wish, although I think there was a picture after the game of Eric Cantona wearing a Celtic jersey. Okay, that's cool. And, and a couple of other guys as well. Ryan Giggs and Lee Sharp, who we all know didn't play for Celtic, but they were pictured wearing the hoops. You've got one. Um, yes. To make this interesting, right, to make it interesting so that there might be a winner, I think we give a point to each of the players. So you've got a point at the moment and you're sitting at five and a half against three and a half. So we're changing the rules to try and get calling some points here. No, don't, don't talk nonsense here. He can only, at this moment in time, he can only draw. I still couldn't get the other one out of the, what was it, the Bellamy and Joe Ledley? Okay. So I'm not a point there. 
just saying. I, I don't agree that that one should never have been passed over. Okay, I'm thinking. Um, there's one in my mind. If I get it wrong, does it go to Colin or do I get another guess? You've got another two guesses. You can get it wrong twice. Um, Stevie, I think you're talking about the level of my que- the standard in my questions, and I do appreciate that. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, Dion Dublin. Oh, very good. It was Dion Dublin, yes. And there is one oh. final player. You're no bothered because you know you've won. I'll pass it over. Go on, Colin. <laughs> Colin, come on, chalky. mate. You know this. Chalky, chalky, chalky. <sighs> there we go. So... Natasha gets six and a half. Colin gets four and a half. How were the questions? Pish. Reasonable. <laughs> nah, first time, that first time in five years that Colin has ever used an expletive on a Celtic state of mind. And he's talking <laughs> and about my questions. <laughs> right. You, now, plenty. I mean, Lee Martin was a good shout as well because he did sign for Celtic, but he wasn't playing that day. I think he was injured. Um, Lou McCarry was the manager that's a good shout actually Terence Park mm-hmm. in fact wait a minute Lee Martin would have been playing for Celtic rather than Manchester United at that point so yes excellent oh, thanks very much great quiz says Tony uh, brilliant Tony remember I've still got your prize here mate so you can visit the studio and pick it up at any point whatsoever but we need to talk about tomorrow's game and uh, tomorrow's game against St Johnston in preparation for that Colin. Uh, was part of the press conference for both uh, Yakimakis and for Ange Postacoglu. And I'm not just saying this, Colin, but I thought your questions were brilliant. Thanks. They're up on the Celtic TV YouTube, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, we are not part of the... Let's get this right. right. Yeah, the rights holders. So press accreditation with regards to fan media events is fine and everybody gets the, the, the footage. But when it's a proper press event and one or two fan media guys are in... You don't get the footage. But you get mm-hmm. the audio. I've yep. just not got it for Ange yet. I'm sure he's have all seen it anyway. So first and foremost, Colin, what was your thoughts on the two pressers and how Yakamakis and Postal Coglu came across? First of all, it was interesting seeing uh, Jakimakis come out with a vest top on. Obviously, he felt that a bit of weather that wasn't what I was seeing outside my window yesterday. I don't think um, it comes down to the weather, mate. No, he's, he's, he's certainly... <laughs> uh, well, I knew you wouldn't. Um, but he's certainly um, adapting very well to life in Scotland um, he handled the questions very well uh, do you know he was asked a question about what he said a couple of weeks ago um, about it being the best team in Scotland mm. and what his thoughts were on that and at the time everyone was saying oh do you know what Rangers are going to use it they're going to pin it up in the dressing room wall and this that and the next thing what happened there it never came back to bite him he continues to play on. Uh, I asked him about his kind of position in the team. Interestingly, he was asked a question about um, Kyogo coming back into the team. Mm. And he said, oh, you'll be fighting for your jersey. And he says, I don't fight with my teammates. This is the best player answer. I'll start. I was a, that was one of the best players, one of the best answers I've heard to it. Mm. It was unbelievable. Um, and do you know what? I think he is exactly what Celtic need at this point. As much as he maybe come across quite arrogant, he's cool, calm and collected as well. And you saw on Sunday the performance that he puts in. It's what you're looking to see. So um, regardless of who starts tomorrow, whether it be him or Kyogo, I'm confident with either of them leading the line going forward, which is something we probably couldn't have said six months ago. The thing is with this arrogance, uh, is it arrogance? Is it self-belief? I mean, we were crying out for it, it last both, year. It? Uh, we were crying out for it last year, Natasha, mm-hmm. and I like it. 
I yeah, like it I, in, in players. Um, I, like it too. I, I was I said before I was sitting in the room when he said um, that infamous, you know, best squad, best player, best this, and there was that sense of okay. And I thought, you know, he's on a high after scoring the hat trick and whatever. But it's whole demeanour when he said that his presence in the room, the whole conference itself. I left that thinking, okay, that's very cool. I like it. I like that confidence. I like that belief. And I really hope that that is all through the dressing room. I had, you know, two minds about whether he should have said it in the conference. But looking back on it, I like it. Um, and I totally agree with what he's saying. It's not putting anyone else down. It's not having a dig or a go at another team or another player or anything like that. It's simply having confidence in your own ability and also confidence in your teammates' ability. He was only praising the other guys around him. And I like that. And I hope that's all throughout the dressing room. Nothing well, wrong with that for me. Definitely. And, and did it wind up, Ryan Jack? Absolutely. You saw it from the word go. And that's, that's the thing about Rangers is they are very easily wound up. They're, they're one of the, they've got this mantra, no one likes us, we don't care. It's the biggest lie in Scottish football. As soon as someone says something <laughs> against of, them, they come one out of, and... Colin, well, one of, the quite biggest a few lies. big lies. Yeah, okay, I'll give you that. One of the biggest lies in Scottish football. As soon as somebody comes out, it's statement o'clock, they come out and with stuff left, right and centre when somebody has a go at them. You, you saw it on Sunday, they started to lose their cool. And one of the big things that came away from it was um, I listened to, to Andy Halliday saying that after seven minutes, Rangers' game plan was out the window, and that was at one each. That tells you a lot about a team that struggles under pressure. And Celtic this year, even under the pressure that they've had, you saw what they're able to do. They're able to come up, rise against it, and show at the end of the day who is the better team. Mm-hmm. Not anybody could walk away from that game on Sunday saying that the better team didn't win. Mm-hmm. Totally agree with that. Strange love the doctor. Always a pleasure to see you coming through the comments. Uh, Yako was great. I don't mind someone speaking their mind. And the bounce, this is interesting. Right? All we ever hear is strikers. It's a confidence game for strikers. They, they play on their confidence. And he's just pointing out, you need that in a striker. If you want a striker to score goals, you need to be confident. Mm-hmm. And it's not as though he's getting overconfident, therefore he's not chasing the ball into the corner flag a la Odson Edward. You know, he's chasing everything down. Absolutely everything. Um, so the question would be then, does does Yakimakis start tomorrow then? Do you think um, him, Maeda, certainly the, those two, they, they covered so much grass mm. on Sunday that they might be rested? Do you think that's possible? Kyogo got an extra week's rest. Postacoglu confirmed that. Yeah, I think we know that Kyogo's going to play a role. Um, Andrew mm-hmm. said that he'll be in the squad, so we know that. Um, and it really depends. I think there's going to be a lot of players who are likely to feature in the game. I think we are going to use our full complement of subs and I think there's going to be a lot of 60-30 splits. Um, I think it just depends who plays 60 and who plays the 30. Um, It'll be great to be able to have a chance to rest Jack Marcus. It'll be great to have a chance to rest Maida because you look at the shift that they put in on Sunday and in the sort of lead up to that game like you've mentioned. And the good thing is that we have the strength and depth now with the squad being relatively fit for us to decide that we are able to give these players a rest. We've got some absolutely massive games coming up. This is a massive run-in, and it's a really good position to be in that we can now start thinking, OK, he gets a rest or he gets a rest. For me, I think Giacomacus will start. Um, I don't think that he'll risk putting Kyogo in from the beginning. He's been out for a while. You know, It's not a short-term layout, this one. So he's been out for a while. So I think when you're looking to bring a player back from injury like that, I think it's more of a 30-minute slot than mm. a 60-minute slot. So I think we'll see Giacomacus play 60 minutes and then 
come off for Kyogo um, and he'll get a, a 30 minute running which will set him up nicely for the, the cup semi-final and then, then there's a bit of a headache for Ange there Yeah definitely, now Monty's coming in to suggest that I bring on Gary Fitzpatrick, that's a great shout it never even occurred to me Monty that Gary would be a tremendous guest on this uh, show so I'll give him a shout he still resides in the, the villages out in Fife, so the other thing I would say, there is only one person on this screen who hasn't spoken to Ange Postacoglu, and it's me. <laughs> Colin, I think you've had the chance a few times, a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the right, same. Yeah. And again, I've got to say, I thought your questions were particularly good. Talk us through your experience today with Ange, Colin. Uh, I think Ange is getting fed up. He's absolutely getting fed up with these press conferences, I think. Um, he'd much rather be on the park and taking the training and stuff like that. I think the media side of uh, things is starting to, to kind of wear him down a wee bit. Um, and I can understand why, because... And it's no disrespect to the members of the mainstream media that were there, but there was only so many ways that you could ask Ange Postacoglu how Celtic are able to continue to take this one game at a time and not let the pressure of being top of the league and being so close to learning the title, get ahead of him because he was asked it by almost every single one of them mm-hmm. and you could tell before it got to the fan media questions, he would, he's had his head in his hands, he's had his his, um, his neck resting against his, his um, fist and he was, he was done in, he was waiting for it to finish. Now I'm not saying that my questions were overly great but thanks to those who, who do but I, I want... According to this chap or, or female, yeah, they were. What you want to do is ask him something a bit different to get him involved. So I asked him about Karamoko Dembele and what chance he's got of being involved between now and the end of the season. And then I managed to try and uh, make him laugh by uh, asking him about the fact that uh, Demet Desmond mentioned earlier on that when he was interviewing him, he, he quoted the famous proclaimers line that he would walk 500 miles and 500 more to manage Celtic. So I tried to see if he could uh, give us a song to summarise his first season in charge of Celtic. I'm, I'm pretty sure the obvious answer was I'm on top of the world looking down on the, the Rangers. But uh, no, he didn't have one for us. Um, I got the, the, nice, the nice mate off him and... Uh, he went on to talk about the, the support that he's had from the fans and from the boardroom, um, and he went into great detail on it. It was when you look at it, the fan media questions took up almost half of the interview itself, um, and there was only two of us compared to five or six of them. So you can see where his focus is on. Brilliant. I mean, we've learned that Matt O'Reilly likes Aerosmith. We've learned that Ange is aware of the Proclaimers. By the way, I've got to say, Gary John Kane plays bass for the Proclaimers. Big Celtic fan. Uh, so I've got a lot of love and respect for the Reed brothers. I think they're great. Sunshine and Leith, great anthem. Can't deny it. Great well, anthem. yeah, absolutely. Someone is asking. Paddy is asking. Um, if you're out to celebrate beating Colin tonight, there you go. Another victory under the belt. I have to. Yeah, I have to. You know, I was going to be sensible tonight, but on the back of a victory, I think I, I think I deserve a celebratory drink. Wouldn't you say, Colin? You do what you want. I'm going out tomorrow to get. I can't say it because I've already said it once. You say it twice, <laughs> you'll get kicked off. <laughs> Terence Pat, Axon Live with all the contributors. That would be a great night out. Let's maybe do it and take it to Australia and all the other uh, sunny places. I'll tell you what, nice. Paul, is it not very soon that we'll be sitting at a thousand episodes? Very soon indeed, yes. Um, we're on 930 or 940. Incredible. Five years we've been on the go, and thanks everybody for keeping the channel going, keeping it growing. 
Um, everybody that's involved in the comments section tonight, we do appreciate your support. All that's left for me to say is thank you once again, Colin Watt and Natasha Miko, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. Got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. People all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for based on cox analysis of ookla speed test intelligence data q3 2022 and cox serviceable areas visit cox.com internet for details Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Sports Social Podcast Network.